the pastor came to visit one day at a home and he pulled out his Bible and was going to read some scripture. And the father said, before the pastor was able to read, said to his son, go and get daddy's favorite book. So he took off and about half a minute later he said, dad, yelled from the other room. He said, dad, I found Field and Stream, but I I couldn't find Sports Illustrated. And that father bowed his head in in shame because it was obvious that the word of God was really not that important to him. Well, we are challenged this morning to take seriously the truths of God's word. And we turn to James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27, where James uh, encourages us, challenges us to be doers of the word, and not just hearers only. James chapter 1, beginning at verse 19. This you know, my beloved brethren, But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed. In what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Let's pray. Father, these are words that you have given to us by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. We believe, O God, that your word is truth from Genesis to Revelation, your inspired and errant word of God. Thank you for that, that we can stand today on a solid foundation, the truth of your word. Lord, help us today, not just to be hearers, but help us, O God, to be doers of the word, that we might experience the blessing that you would want to give to us today. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. A mother found her four-year-old son sobbing in the hallway. And so she came and asked him, what's, What's wrong, sweetheart? Are you hurt? And the little boy said, No, Mommy, Daddy said a bad word. And the wife was wondering, you know, what in the world would that be? She's been married to him 12 years and hardly ever even heard him raise his voice. So she was curious. And so she asked her little boy, what did daddy say? What bad word did daddy say? The little boy, through his sniffles and tears, said, daddy said, obey. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Children sometimes see the word obey. It's a bad word because 
They have a sinful nature and they don't want to always obey what mom and dad say, but they aren't really the only ones who would view obey as a bad word. There are many adults who see the word obey in the same way. They don't want to follow the truth of God's word. James tells us that when it comes to the word of God, obedience is not a bad word. Obedience is the pathway to blessing. Verse 25, James says, The one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. So we aren't called just to be hearers of the word. It's not enough to just... Show up on Sunday and we put in our hour and we listen to the message and we walk out the door and we say, you know, Pastor, that was a great message. And then it goes in one ear and out the other. That's not the call that God has given to us. The call is to, yes, be hearers of the word, but then allow that word to do its work in us. We live in obedience to what God calls us to do in his word. So what does James say about being doers of the word? I'm going to give you a two-point sermon today, not a three-point. It's not going to be shorter, just two longer points. Number one, he says, doers of the word humbly receive God's word. Doers of the word humbly receive his word. When we come to know the Lord as our Savior... We experience a wonderful change in our standing before God. By faith, we receive the righteousness of Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? As we stand today before God, if we know Jesus as our Savior, we stand in the righteousness of Christ. And that's a perfect righteousness. That is ours by faith, God's gift to us. But even though our standing before God is one of perfection, how many of you would say today, my living is not one of perfection? You better raise your hand because it's all of you, right? Every one of us, as we stand before God today, there are things in our life that need to change, right? There are things we struggle with. And so that process of sanctification is an ongoing thing where we become more and more like Jesus. Verse 21, James says that there is still some evil that remains in us. And we don't like it. We wish we could say no to sin forever, but there is that daily struggle. There is that battle that we face. We have a long way to go. If you look at some of the examples that James gives in this passage, in verses 19 and 20, he talks about controlling our anger. Any of you struggle with, with anger? Verse 21, he speaks of putting away filthiness. Verse 26, he talks about controlling our tongues. Uh, These are just some of the ways that we need to grow as believers in Jesus. And if we're going to experience that growth, it is going to come through the power of God's word. Verse 21. Notice how James pictures the word of God as a seed that is planted within us. A seed that grows, a seed that bears fruit because it is the seed of God's word. And God's word is powerful. It is life changing. 1 Peter 1.23 says, You have been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable through the living and enduring Word of God. God's Word is alive. 
It is life-giving. It is life-sustaining. And when that Word is planted within us, that Word is going to change us. We're going to become more and more like Jesus. Now, when you think of planting a garden, you know that that seed needs to be planted in soil that is soft, right? Nothing grows on a cement road, an asphalt road. Nothing grows on hard soil. That, that ground needs to be tilled. It needs to be softened so that when that seed is planted, it's going to bear root. And that's why James says in verse 21 that we must in humility, humility receive the word. And I would say that humility is, is really like a softness of heart where we are open to receive what, what God wants to say to us. We come to church and we say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, use your word in my life today. As you open your Bible during the week and your daily devotions, you say, Lord, plant your word in me. Lord, speak to me. I want to hear from you. There's that, that softness of heart, that humility in receiving the word. And, and I believe James describes that humility in, in verse 19 in three very uh, clear statements. He says, a humble heart is, is, first of all, quick to hear. Verse 19, he says, this you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear. It takes humility to be quick to hear. You know why? Because pride isn't open to advice. The proud person doesn't think he needs any advice. He doesn't need any counsel. He has all the answers already. So when it comes to hearing the word, the proud person isn't very quick to hear. He resists being told what to do, even if God is the one that's telling him what to do, right? Quick to hear. Are you willing to, to hear what God has to say? Along with being quick to hear, a, a humble heart is, is slow to speak. Verse 19, this you know, my beloved brethren, but let everyone be quick to hear and slow to speak. Have you ever tried to visit with someone who hardly lets you get a word in edgewise? Where you, it's just, it's just a, it's a monologue. It's, it's a one-way street. You just stand there and uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And then just go on from, from one thing to the next. And it's just like, you know, you feel like raising your hand. Can, can, do you think I could... Maybe say something too, you know, or they're just going droning on and on and on. And you can tell that they really aren't listening because they're thinking of what to say next if you actually get a, a chance to speak. They figure they have so much wisdom to share with you that they're going to enlighten you, willing to speak, but not so much willing to listen. And what often ends up happening is that they then lose control of their tongue. It becomes like a wild animal that needs to be bridled. That's the picture James gives in, in verse uh, 26. He says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, that man's religion is worthless. Do you realize that the more we talk, the more we end up saying things we shouldn't say, and the less time we have to listen. Some of us are really quick to speak. James says, don't do that. Quick to hear, and then slow to speak. That's a humble heart. 
And then thirdly, he says, a humble heart is slow to anger, quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. You know why it's important that we be slow to anger if we are going to receive God's word? Because sometimes God's word is going to say something that we don't want to hear. Had that experience? For God's word brings about conviction of our sin. God's word points out to us there are things in your life that need to change. And if we are quick to be angry, we put up a wall. And it's usually anger against the one who delivered the message to us, right? Might be your wife, your husband. Might be your pastor. Might be another friend who who is sharing with you the truth of God's word. And you're saying to yourself, wait a minute. There's a few things in your life, too, that I could point out, right? That result of just being, being angry. Anger prevents us from really hearing what we need to hear. I think of Stephen when he was preaching that sermon in Acts chapter 7. He was recounting the history of Israel and how they had rejected all along the prophets that came to them. And then Stephen, he really nailed them. He said, you know, you're just like your fathers were. You're always resisting the Holy Spirit. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And now you have killed the Messiah. And they were so angry at him. They were literally gnashing their teeth at him. They were running at him with their hands over their ears and they stoned him to death. They were so mad. They weren't very quick to hear, were they? And the anger that welled up within them was so deep that they literally stoned the messenger to death. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Do you remember that E.F. Hutton... um, ad on television some years ago it was in an elementary classroom and they were reciting the ABCs and then little boy or girl goes A, B, C, D E, F and she stops and then she says E, F, Hutton and all the kids in the room just went like this and then you know the when E, F, Hutton talks People listen, huh? Well, if they listen to E.F. Hutton, they better listen to Jesus, right? When God speaks, we need to listen. When we come to church on Sunday, we need to come with ears that are open, hearts that are softened, a desire to say, Lord, speak to me. Use my pastor. He's not the best, but use him anyhow. May the word that that is shared be planted in me. And if it's something I don't want to hear, help me not to get mad. Lord, plant it in me. Help me to humbly receive what you want to share with me today. And I believe if you come with an attitude like that, God will speak to you. God will encourage you. God will challenge you. God may convict you of something in your life that needs to change, but then point you to Jesus as the one who cleanses and forgives and gives you the grace and strength to follow his will. Words of the word, humbly receive God's word. And then the second step, doers of the word willingly respond to God's word. 
If all that we needed to do to grow as Christians was to just listen to the world, listen to the word, then the Christian life wouldn't be as challenging. If it just meant, okay, I come and I, you know, listen to a sermon on Sunday and I open my Bible every day of the week and I just just listen. If that's all that was needed, then I suppose the Christian life wouldn't be as challenging. But but James says, you know what, there's more to it than that. Once we have received the word, then he says we need to obey the word. And that's where the challenge comes, isn't it? That's where the challenge, that's where the rubber meets the road. Okay. Now I've heard it. What, what am I going to do about it? Is it going to be a response to that? Am I going to follow that? Am I going to put it into practice as we read from Isaiah or Ezekiel chapter 30? It's one thing to take it in. Would you agree it's another thing to live it out? <laughs> It's a, it's a totally different thing. So we're called to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And James gives us two very clear reasons why we need to be doers of the word. First of all, he says merely listening to the word. If that's all we do, if we merely listen to the word, he said that results in deception, delusion. Look at verse 22. He says, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves, who deceive themselves. Those who think that it's just a matter of hearing and that's it. James says, you're deceiving yourself. You're deluding yourself. It's interesting, the Greek word that's translated merely hearers in verse 22 was used to describe someone who audited a class. Any of you ever audited a class? How many of you ever audited a class? Huh? A few of us. Don't be ashamed. Sometimes there might be a good reason to audit a class. What does it mean to audit a class? Now you go to the class. You listen to the lecture. Do you do the assignments? No. And there may be various reasons for that. But auditing a class simply means I'm going to go, but I'm not going to do what everybody else is doing to get credit for that class. That's an interesting picture of, of uh, the Word of God, right? You come and you, you audit the sermon. Are you auditing the sermon today? Good question, isn't it? You just come in to listen, but you're not going to do any of the assignments? You're not going to put it into practice? You're going to walk out and say, Oh, that was a great message, Pastor. Thank you so much. Got an assignment for you. No, no, no. I'm just auditing. I'm just here to audit the sermon. This God, you know, I liked, liked what you had to say, but remember, I'm just auditing. Okay, I'm not, I'm not here for any other reason than that. Well, Ezekiel's day, that's what they did. Remember what was read from our scripture? They were talking about Ezekiel, saying, hey, you've got to come and hear the word of the Lord. You've got to come and hear this guy preach. And they said that... <laughs> His, his message was like a beautiful song, a beautiful voice. He plays well on an instrument. The picture of just, you know, I mean, he's, a, he's an orator. He's a, he's a great preacher. And they would come. And they would hear. And Ezekiel said, but you have no intention of doing what, anything about it. You're just auditing. You're just merely a hearer. And I would say there's a lot of people in our world today that are auditing the message. They come, but they leave the same way. No change in their life. No desire to serve the Lord. I don't know if they think they're doing God a favor by coming to church. Some people do. 
Look what I've done for you, Lord. I've given up an hour a week. That ought to be worth something, huh? A few points? Hardly. And notice how James illustrates this point with the picture of a mirror. Verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of a person he was. So how many of you looked in the mirror this morning when you got up? Some of you didn't? Really? I bet you most of you did. You looked in the mirror, huh? Why do you look in the mirror? It's kind of scary, isn't it? Oh, is that what I look like? <laughs> Well, if there's something that needs to change, right? Something that you need to do to make yourself a little bit more uh, presentable. I've often thought, you know, sometimes when I get up in the morning, and I don't have a lot of hair, but sometimes my hair is just a, a mess. And I thought, I wonder what would happen if I went to church like that. Would anybody say anything? Would you say something if I came with my hair just a mess? Grant would. Anybody else? So why do we look in the mirror? Well, I gotta push those four hairs to the side, right? I gotta wash my face. Oh, there's a pimple. I better squeeze that. Or ladies, maybe cover something up. We 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 look in the mirror because something I might need to do. Okay, and we do it. Uh, James says some people see themselves in the mirror of God's word. And there's things that God reveals to them that need to be dealt with, but they don't do it. They just, just walk away. So looking in the mirror, doing nothing about it is like hearing the message and, and never applying it to your life. Never allowing the Word of God to change you. So we need to obey the word because merely listening to the word is, is deceptive. It, it, we're deluded if we think that's, that's all that's necessary. A second reason we need to obey the word is because purposefully, excuse me, purposefully obeying the word results in blessing. It's the pathway to blessing. Verse 25, don't be a, 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 a forgetful hearer, he says but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Isn't that exactly what Jesus said in John thirteen seventeen? He said, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The pathway to blessing is always the pathway of obedience. It's taking the truth and saying, Lord, work this out in my life. Lord, help me to apply this. May that which is implanted in me bear fruit in my life so that as a result of, of your work and the power of your word, my life is changing. <laughs> and people actually see, wow, the Lord's doing something in that person's life. The powerful word implanted is being applied. And that person is, is blessed. Many years ago, we knew a doctor in one of the communities we lived. I got to know him quite well. He had a lot of knowledge about the body, but he sure, <laughs> I have to say, he didn't put it into practice. He was way overweight, way stressed out. 
lack of sleep. I mean, almost everything he learned in, in medical school about taking care of the body just must have just gone in one ear and out the other. I thought, wow, all of that knowledge. But where, where, where's the application to your, to your life? And uh, people that went to him and had issues like his, how do you, how do you tell them? Well, yeah, do what I do, huh? Oh, really? Well, here's what you need to do. Well, they're probably tempted to say, well, maybe you should probably do some of that too. I mean, after all. So, all that knowledge, but didn't put it into practice. Someone has said that many have a mountain of knowledge, but a molehill of response. A mountain of knowledge, but a molehill of response. And John MacArthur, in his book, True Faith, tells of inviting a Scottish evangelist to speak to a college group that he was a part of. And he said, as he spoke, he said, there were many things that the Lord really used to encourage me. So he said, I went up to him after the, the, the service and I just thanked him. He said, I want you to know that, you know, what you shared today, uh, I really appreciate that. And John MacArthur said, the, the, the Scottish evangelist uh, said something that he said, I'll never forget. He said, well, what are you going to do about it? And then he, then he said he walked away. <laughs> and MacArthur says, for years, I, I, I didn't like that guy. So I was trying to be kind, you know. I was just trying to say, thanks for what you shared to me. He said, but I never forgot. Never forgot what he said. Yeah, you're thankful, but what are you going to do about it? Dare I ask that question today? Now, you've heard from the Word of God. Dare I say, what are you going to do about it? I'll say it in a nice way. What are you going to do about it with a smile on my face? <laughs> but that's the key, isn't it? We don't want to be auditors of the Word of God. You know, I, I, I went to church today. I, I heard the message. I thanked the pastor. Thanked the praise team. You know, it was a great service. I was given an assignment, but, you know, Lord, I'm just auditing. I'm just auditing. There's no blessing in that, is there? No blessing in that. James says, don't be, don't be just hearers of the word. Be doers only. Why, hearing the word isn't enough. It's not enough to just, you know, listen. There, there, we can deceive ourselves if we think that's all we need to do is, is listen. And doing the word is the pathway, the pathway to blessing. So, do you want to be blessed? You want to be blessed? What does James say? This man will be blessed in what he does. Be a doer of the word. Yes, take it in. But then live it out. Let God's word work in you, transforming you, changing you, and you walk in obedience to that word. That is the pathway to blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, that powerful, living and abiding word that gives us spiritual life. Help us, Lord, to be in your word each day that we might be quick to hear, that we might be slow to speak, slow to anger, and then allowing that word to, to really, really change us and helping us to walk in obedience to 
to what your word uh, says to us today. Lord, thank you that you have given us the scriptures, that you have provided for us uh, that means of grace that you use to to work in our lives. Uh, Help us not to look at the mirror and just walk away today, but but allow you, God, to, to transform us day by day. Thank you, Lord, for your great love that you would send your Son to be our Savior. You are so good. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.